This episode of the Model 3 Owners Club podcast is brought to you by Doolaban Insurance. If you live in Ontario, Canada, and are looking for the best price and coverage on your Tesla, give Doolaban a call at 1-855-385-4226 or visit our website at doolabaninsurance.com slash Tesla. everyone welcome again to the podcast it's uh, that time where we talk about all things tesla specifically about the model 3 we have a really great show lined up for you tonight because there's been some breaking news but uh, the focus of tonight's show is on version 9 the good the bad and the ugly so uh, before we do that let's uh, bring in our usual guest here michael bodner from florida how you doing michael how you been Hey, Trev, doing well. Thanks for having me. No problem. Anytime, buddy. And also joining us tonight is Ian Pavelka from Montreal. How are you doing, Ian? I'm doing very well, thank you. Very good. Now, uh, the other guest that uh, usually joins us is not here tonight. That's uh, Eric Camacho, and he's on vacation. He's taking a little bit of R&R time, so when he comes back next week, uh, he'll be able to chime in and give his thoughts as usual. But uh, tonight, we have some really big breaking news, and talk about perfect timing, because Tesla just introduced a new mid-ranged Model 3, not the base range, just something a little cheaper. So the car, I'm just going to give you a little specs here, and we're going to get in and talk about it. So the car is now coming in at 260-mile range. The base price is $45,000 US. If you happen to be on the website, uh, be careful, because Tesla always prices things artificially a little bit low, so just be aware of that. So here's some other uh, interesting points. The car is rear-wheel drive only. There is no all-wheel drive variant. The all-wheel drive variant is only the long-range car now. So they're, they're shifting things around. Um, the other things, too, is the color choices remain the same, as do the pricing on the colors, so nothing's changed there. Also, the wheels are the same, so you still get aero and sport available. The premium interior is still the only thing that you can buy on this car, there's still no base interior on that. Interestingly enough, no, you can still get the white interior now for a hundred, uh, for a thousand bucks US more. Uh, enhanced autopilot is still five thousand bucks, but um, now we there was some confusion here because it's not on the site right now. Full self driving is not available to purchase now. Elon literally just tweeted just a few seconds ago that uh, it's off menu right now. Uh, it will return in about a week. Uh, he said something about it was causing too much confusion. I don't know what kind of confusion that's causing, but anyways, uh, so if you don't see full self-driving and you want to get in on that, you'll have to wait about a week. Uh, let's see here. Delivery is showing for the mid-range car anywhere from six to ten weeks or one and a half to two and a half months. So the layout of the pricing of all the cars now, so the performance, the P3D is 64,000 US. The long-range all-wheel drive car is 54,000 US. And the mid-range Base car as we see it today, that's before the really cheap $35,000 excuse me, the $35, car comes. So this is coming in at $45,000 US. So big shakeup in the industry. It's uh, The internet's on fire. My phone's on fire. I got the notice because I have a little thing there that watches the Tesla website on a regular basis. So as soon as I saw that, I just had to tweet it out. Of course, now the website uh, <laughs> has been up and down for the last uh, half hour or so. Let me just see if I can pull up the website real quick here and show you guys what it looks like. Here we go. We'll just do this. So, um, right. 
so I'm logged in. Now, by the way, this is the US site only. The Canadian site um, has not been updated yet, so we have no idea what the pricing is. But, you know, based on how we've done things before, we could kind of figure that out. So here you have uh, mid-range battery, rear-wheel drive, um, now artificially low at 30, uh, 33.2. If you go down in the bottom left-hand corner, unfortunately, I can't seem to show it here on the screen. Can I make it bigger? No, I can't. Sorry about that. But anyways, it's showing 45,000. And then you have the long-range uh, battery car. Uh, performance, by by the way, um, what are they showing here? Four and a half seconds, real-wheel drive, 5.6. Okay, yeah, so this is coming at 54,000. And the performance car is 64,000. They've dropped the um, the performance a little bit, is, has uh, has improved. They're now advertising 3.3 seconds, and that's uh, down from the previous 3.5. So I wonder why. Ah, well, there's probably some uncorking <laughs> going on, huh? All right, let's well, I don't know about that. Ian's videos. So once again, just a quick cursory examination. Here you can see your colors um, still uh, free on the black, 1500 for silver, uh, blue, or deep, uh, sorry, midnight silver. Silver's gone. Midnight uh, silver metallic is 1500 Your blue is 1500 Your white is 2000 and the red is $2,500 US. You've got your aero wheels for free or your sport wheels for $1,500. Uh, $1, Sorry about that. And go to the interior. Ah, the pictures are finally loading. They weren't loading. So black is uh, included. And uh, you can get the white now for 1000 bucks. Really like the white, by the way. It's pretty nice. Yes. Yes, Jana would know this. <laughs> um, right. So autopilot is still at $5,000. You can certainly pick that. Full self-driving. Again, uh, Elon just confirmed on Twitter that it will be showing up in about a week's time. So those of you looking to order and want to get in on the full self-driving, you just have to wait a little bit. And uh, there's your payment page. So having said that, guys, let's jump in. Let's talk about this. What's uh, What are your thoughts on this? Trev, let me just say Tesla is absolutely genius. <laughs> Right, you've got a lot of people waiting for the thirty-five thousand dollar base. There, a lot of them are probably going to order it with the premium package. So, forty thousand dollar car, but they're going to get half of the tax credit. Yeah. Now there's a chance to sell a forty-five thousand dollar car. They're going to get the full tax credit, and they're going to make a decision over twelve hundred fifty dollars. Now, <clears throat> excuse me, it's a lot closer. Tesla's going to sell a lot of cars for five thousand dollars more than they would have sold six months later. I think it's genius. <laughs> I agree with you. 100%. Three months later, actually. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Well, the other thing we have to, we have to make a point of saying this here is that, um, you know, Tesla's always said uh, on the Model 3 program that they didn't want to introduce any more complexity until they really had their production ramp kind of sorted out. And, uh, you know, part of the other news too that we were going to talk about, well, let's talk about it real quick here, is that uh, Tesla finally hit uh, they've actually produced over 100,000 Model 3s already. This is, I mean, this ramp has really taken off. Um, this is according to uh, Tom Randall at Bloomberg. Uh, I'll put up the little chart here so you guys can see what it looks like. So this is where we're kind of at right now. They're projecting, um, you know, probably another 20,000 units or so within the next, uh, ooh, probably month and a half to two months. So it's looking, looking really good. Here's the other, uh, this is the tweet from Tom Randall. Uh, it took Tesla 14 months to get here, but the current production rate, they'll hit the 100,000 in less than six months. The next, uh, sorry, the next 100,000 in, ne in the next six months. So that's, it's just crazy. So yeah, I think it really shows that um, they're largely out of production hell now. Now uh, we have to deal with uh, delivery hell. And that's the thing that's, <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, you know, it's really bad. I mean, um, not a day goes by when I get somebody private messaging me on Twitter or through the forum, whatever, that they're having delivery problems or cancellations or, or delays. And it, I mean, it's a nightmare right now. So Tesla still has a lot to learn on how to deliver these cars in mass. And I really hope that they get the thing sorted out. Hopefully by the time, you know, delivery start in Europe or at least Pacific Asia countries that they have most of this thing sorted out. The logistics of this thing are just beyond, I think, their scope of what they, they anticipated doing. But Ah, it's encouraging. It's encouraging. Uh, let's see here. Um, now, we didn't record last week because uh, we really wanted to delay this episode because we knew version 9 was coming. It was, it, it had started being um, pushed out to the fleet. Now, it went to SNX first. Um, I had mine for about a week uh, before it started rolling out on the Model 3. So for our people that are on the panel here that have Model 3s, we decided to wait and record this week, hoping that everybody got it. Of course, everybody does now. We've had several days, if not a week now, for everybody to have experience uh, with version 9. So again, this is uh, the focus of today's uh, podcast, really, is, is going to be talking about version 9 and covering all the good stuff, all the not-so-good stuff, and the really ugly stuff, of course. So uh, let's get into it. Um, I want to start off with talking about uh, the user interface, because... Now, on the Model 3, honestly, the interface hasn't changed all that much. You've got some new features for the most part. There's a lot of features in version 9, don't get me wrong. Um, for us with S and X, and for everybody out there who has those cars, this is a major overhaul because what it does, it really brings the, the Model 3 design language, if you will, to these previous cars. Now, all of the Tesla fleet gets this uh, new look, and um, I really like the way that it looks, um, especially on the settings page where they've uh, really reorganized. That was you know, one of the biggest sticking points I had about the car was every time I went into settings, I was always hunting and pecking, trying to find you know, uh, you know, know, settings and so on and so forth. So they've really fixed this. They've, they've, they nailed it this time. <laughs> so I'm very glad for that. Um, let's see here. The other thing too that they did is uh, along the top of the menu bar in the SNX, uh, a lot of those app icons now have been relegated down to the bottom of the screen. We'll, we'll talk about this in a little bit, but it's it's in a little sub-menu. They've, um, they've largely eliminated the dual app uh, function. So on the SNX, you could bring up two apps at any given time. That's gone now. We only have a single overlay because navigation is king on this new system, which, well, in a lot of ways makes sense if they're moving towards a more of a full self-driving future. So uh, I like that. I have the map on mine all the time. That doesn't bother me. But of course, I've had lots of discussions with people online, uh, Twitter, forum, uh, or otherwise, uh, even Facebook for that matter, where people are upset because a lot of people like to have, you know, two apps up at any given time. And I'm saying that it won't happen in the future. If that's something you really want, uh, you know, press the little voice button on your car and say, bug report. I've done it lots of times this week because I have certainly found lots of bugs in this version 9. So all is not perfect in Tesla land. So um, have you guys noticed anything about user interface changes that you that you appreciate? Maybe not? Um, yeah, I would say uh, I want to preface anything I say where I mention like gripes with it. <laughs> Overall, I love it. So it might sound like I don't like it when I mention some, some of the things, but uh, overall, I absolutely love it. One thing you'll notice right away, the top row in the Model 3, especially if you use the satellite map before version 9 was really hard to read. Not just because time and temperature was off to the right. Um, I think the font might have been a little bit smaller. What they did, they definitely added some kind of gradient, a little bit of a gradient, so that the font doesn't bleed into the map if you've got something with a light background. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot easier to see the top row. I definitely appreciate that. 
Um, the my wife and I were just talking about it today. Actually, I think the music controls are a little bit worse. Um, a little more hunting and pecking. To yeah, find I agree. Things like switching between uh, sources is not as intuitive as tapping on it right from the minimized tray. Um, the thing that's taking the most getting used to, and I, I use the voice controls a lot, but I don't like phone being two taps away. I wish I could find a way to make the phone not in the app tray, just like music. I mean, the two things I do the most in the car are phone and music. Mm -hmm. I'd like those to be one tap away. You could bury the calendar, the energy, the browser. <clears throat> I'm okay with those being two taps away, but I think phone, we got to find a way to get phone somewhere else that's easily accessible. Yeah. Overall, though, I absolutely love the way it looks. Yeah, I agree with you. My biggest gripe on my end is the media player. Um, I, the media player for a lot of people has just been wonky for a long, long time. And yeah, they've Ooh. made some improvements, uh, but it's still not 100% right. The, the biggest issue that I have on mine is as soon as I unlock the doors on the car, uh, as soon as I unlock the doors on the car, the media player comes up. And, you know, for me, when I want to use the media player, I'll bring it up. Thank you very much. I don't need it to be in my face all the time. And here's the other thing that's driving me crazy is that if I hide it, so I, I get in the car, unlock the car, I get in, the media player comes up. Okay, fine. I minimize it. Everything's all hunky-dory. The moment I put it in the drive, the bloody media player comes up again. <laughs> like, really, guys? G give me a setting. Like, if I want to hide a function on the user interface, put it in my profile somehow. It's not rocket science. Like, put a setting in there so that if I hide the media player, stay bloody well hidden. So, you know, ugh. <laughs> what have can I have say? either of you experienced the streaming basically having a loading fail every time oh, you get in the car? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's bad. Okay. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah. 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 I, that happens all the time. Like 50% of the time I go to, to call up, you know, something on the streaming and it just goes load air and like load air. 50% of the time it doesn't work anytime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pretty we, much what it comes down to. Yeah. I, you know, it, they've also had a lot of network outages uh, last, I think just a couple of days ago, I had a big network outage. Of course, a lot of people were complaining they couldn't get into the car. Um, I was having connectivity issues this morning, so I'm going to chalk it up that it's still early days. They've got you know some bugs to really work out with this thing. <sighs> um, there's also some undiscovered new features, um, some bugs in the software, if you will. Like on mine on the X, if you go down to the bottom and you bring up, say, the energy graph, and you leave it up, if you tap on the tray icon and drag up from the bottom, all of a sudden you get a second overlay, which is the camera, the reverse camera. And if you lay your finger down on the screen onto the screen just above it, the energy, and you pull them both up, <gasps> magically you can get two apps on top of the nav. But it's you know it's not permanent. So I think that's a bug. That's not a feature. It's not documented. Who knows what's going to happen? But it's not impossible. It's not to say that that you can't get two apps on the screen. It's just we've discovered some kind of a bug in the system where you can actually get at least your your backup camera to come. So. Yeah, you know, there's there's some stuff in here that's not that's certainly not well, not, not not perfect. You want to hear a good one? Yeah, sure. Uh, I just discovered this today, and I don't know if it's just my car, if anyone else has experienced this, but we were doing a photo shoot um, down by the water near the Ontario border with the car today, and I was hopping in, hopping out, hopping in, hopping out, like just to move the car into new positions. So I was never really out of range where it would auto lock or unlock. It was basically connected all the time but something weird was happening because if i was out of the car for more than a few minutes when i'd get back in to go reposition the car the car would be on 
like you could see everything was live, the HVAC's working and so on, but you couldn't go into drive or reverse. Oh, it wouldn't weird. actually move. Yeah. Yeah. And the car was definitely on. It's not like it was, you know, it didn't, didn't prompt me for the card key or anything, which would be, you know, the car's off. It was definitely there. And I would have to like hit the shift lever, like what, five, six, seven times. And then about a minute later, book, it would wake up and it would move. Hmm. And this happened at least four or five times in a row. That's weird. Well, yeah, I know it's strange. Well, I know you were also having lots of connectivity issues when you first got your car because you still had an Android phone, but you fixed that, didn't you? I did. I oh no! All of my Android friends are going to be so horrified. We converted. We we converted them. I went to the dark side. I'm sorry, people. This is an awesome phone, by the way. It is. Yeah, yeah. No, I went for the 10s um, Max, and uh, I don't regret it. It's Trevor's fault, really. He he came down here and showed it to me, and I was kind of like, whoa. Resistance is futile. That's my line. That's the Android <laughs> thing. <laughs> my little Borg Ige patch thing on there. Mm. But no, it's it's that part is fantastic. I mean, I have to say uh, that's that's a big, big, big improvement. I've had zero um, uh, ingress and egress problems with the door locks and all that stuff. That's all gone away. So one problem solved. Yeah. So the media player certainly still, uh, still needs a lot of work, in my opinion. Um, I listen to a lot of podcasts. So I listen to my own music, but I've basically relegated myself to streaming everything from the phone. Because half the time, I mean, I can't get the podcast I want to come up. I get loading errors. And, and I absolutely refuse to pay for um, a $10 a month Slacker account because it's just it's just not something I use. A lot of people want XM radio. I'm not interested in that either. It's just, I mean, everything, you know, my whole life is on this thing. So that's what I use in the car. It works great for me. Um, anything else you want to talk about the media player before we move on to HVAC? HVAC has made a big change, of course, on the Model 3. Anything? Nope, we're good. Um, the only thing I'll add, it's not a it's not a V9 issue, but okay. had a song come on. I loved it. Went to give it a thumbs up. I hit a bump or something. And, of course, I accidentally gave it a thumbs down. <laughs> Never going to hear that song again. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. He sent it in the bit bucket in the sky. Oh, no. That's it. It's gone. <laughs> Apparently, you need a premium slacker account to retrieve and, and reverse your thumbs down. So forget that song. <laughs> Okay, well, yeah. yeah. So the media player is not perfect; needs some work. Um, so once again, anybody who's out there who has problems with the software, uh, try not to gripe about it too much on the internet. Just press the voice button and send a bug report. Uh, send a bug report. Just say bug report and very quickly state your problem. I don't like the media player coming up all the time. I put it in the drive. That's what I said, right? <laughs> so hopefully they got that. Anyhow, let's move on. So the HVAC controls. Um, I had a chance to actually see the new animation. Now, if those of you haven't actually seen it, uh, well, I mean, most people got version 9 now, but the, you know, the little blue dots that you would move on the screen, it's all been completely replaced now by an animation. And I didn't pull it off my phone because I did get a video of it the other day. I think that's really cool. I think ostensibly in a lot of ways it's, it's better from a visual aspect to show people what's going on in the HVAC system. Thoughts? You guys got a play a chance to play with this? Uh, yeah. Oddly enough, I think it looks a hundred times cooler. Like it's really impressive yeah. to demo, but it, as a driver, I sort of have to concentrate on it a little more to make sure that, like, okay, am I in split or am I in single? Because it's all kind of like this amorphous blob of air moving around. Before you had these like single hard dot dual dots, it was like really recognizable at a glance. So I found the old version more functional, and I found this one is just more cool looking it's, and it's I guess pretty for, yeah it's it's prettier and i think maybe it's more intuitive for first time you know passengers playing around with it it's you know you don't have to explain exactly what it's doing 
Yeah, one of the things that I noticed, of course, is that you, you know, when you were in cooling mode, the blue dots used to be blue, and then when you're heating, they were red. And this new one, it just shows you the animation. The only way you can see your temperature now is to press the temperature, and you get the little slider. So, yep. um, you know, when I was sitting in somebody's car, I pressed the bug report button. I says, I want the animation to be blue or red. Thank you very much. So, yeah, good call. Yeah, I think that, um, that makes more sense. Yeah. So I would add just what Ian said. It looks cooler. I think it's less functional. In the older view, you used to be able to, you know, if you didn't use a diffuser, if you used one stream, you could move that stream left or right. Now, if you move left or right, it diffuses it. So I think you lose a little bit of the strength of the fan by splitting where it's coming from. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe that's not actually what was happening before. So maybe the new visualization is more accurate, uh, possibly. But I will say the slider for the temperature I like a lot more because you don't have to take your eyes off the road. You get your finger somewhere near it, and you could slide basically anywhere. So it's a lot easier than hunting for that one little tiny carrot to raise the temperature up and down, especially if you're in auto AC. Yeah, like the touch targets are actually bigger. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm still getting used to the HVAC controls on mine because, again, they changed the UI on my system as well. Um, unfortunately, I don't have a picture here to bring up. So it, it took me a little bit. I, you know, right now I'm not playing with it too much. I've kind of had it set because, of course, we have some cold uh, temperature that's starting to roll in now. So I'm now having to kind of set it manually. Um, otherwise, my windows fog up. So, <laughs> and I uh, published that video this morning trying to explain to people what you expect in the colder months because, my gosh, the uh, internet's just been flooded with uh, people, especially up here, of course, because a lot of people have been taking their deliveries or their Model Three during the summer months when everything is, you know, it's blissful and it's nice. And now these people are panicking because the cold weather is coming in and they don't know what to expect because now they're getting stuff. Like today, first time I got my tire pressure monitor uh, just kicked in, so it's 39 PSI. I'm like, okay, got to go put air in myself. So I'm just kicking myself for doing that. But uh, I'm not going to worry about it too much because i got my winter tires going on in about two weeks' time. So uh, Let's move on here. Version 9, lots of other things too. Um, autopilot. We've seen a big change in the autopilot visualization system. So now we get blind spot monitoring which has been absolutely fantastic in my opinion. Uh, a lot of people have been asking it for a long time. It's not without its own issues. I did uh, two videos, no, one, um, yeah, two, several several videos <laughs> on, uh, <laughs> on autopilot itself and, and the blind spot monitoring, including a video where I set out to prove how many cameras this system is actually using. And I was able to confirm it actually is using all eight cameras. So finally, uh, the uh, the uh, you know, the vision-based computer system, the autopilot computer system, is finally using all eight cameras, at least for the visualization part. Now, it's not, as I said, without its own set of issues. Of course, as you're driving around, it seems to think that a lot of cars are coming into you a little too close. So, yeah, there's some there's some work going on. I think what's happening here is that what we're seeing essentially... Now, if you've ever seen one of these vision-based systems, the neural networks, um, they draw bounding boxes around all of the objects that they see. And it tends to be a little bit jittery. So I'm thinking in a lot of ways what we're seeing here is a direct feed uh, from the neural network. And um, I think, you know, look, I'm not a, a programmer for this kind of stuff, but I think Tesla should maybe introduce a bit of, not latency, but maybe some smoothing or some filtering in there to keep it from being so jittery. I think it would help a little bit with the visualization. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm very glad that we finally get this. The other thing too, um, we'd really like some audible or maybe some haptic feedback uh, right now i find it distracting to have to look down um you know on the model 3 maybe it's not so bad because you know of course the screen is a little bit closer to you and it's out of the way but the, the way i have my steering wheel kind of positioned 
I have to keep it just up enough so that I can actually see the speed and stuff. So just the way I sit. So maybe it's just me. A lot of people maybe not so bad. Um, what are your thoughts on the on the blind spot situation? So I would say, well, first of all, good, bad, and the ugly episode, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The ugly, unfortunately, I got an error message on the way home that I've lost my surround cameras, so <sighs> it's gone now. Oh, no. But I have feedback from the first week. Um, I actually really like it. When you're in autopilot and you flip on the turn signal, the car will not try to kill you. It will, uh, <laughs> it will show you the broken lane line, like it's going to switch lanes, and then light it up in red, acknowledging that there's a car there, and as soon as the car clears... It'll make that lane change. I really like that. Before, I feel like it's st- it didn't necessarily try to kill you before, but uh, <laughs> it might start to go and then come back. So I really like that. I'm with you on the audible or the haptic alert. While it's not necessarily annoying on the Model 3, it's also out of the way. If you're not an autopilot, you can't look down and to the right to see what's in your left blind spot. That's just never going to happen. Yeah. So I think it's a, it's a big step in the right direction. Um, a huge improvement. I love the fact that the cars moved forward on the display. <clears throat> Excuse me. And that you can see everything around you. Um, but I've definitely had a bus drive through my car once so far, <laughs> like you mentioned. So I, I'm with you. I'm sure they're going to do some smoothing and we're going to see some some improvements. But it's really nice to get all the data and kind of see everything going around you. Yeah, the visualization system has really um, come quite a bit far. It's actually, it's exceeding, I think, what hardware version 1 was seeing. Because we see pedestrians cyclists, motorcycles, SUVs, trucks, large trucks, semis, buses, uh, and sedans. Yes. I think, how many is that now? Nine, ten, something like that. So, too many. Uh, too, well, <laughs> lots. I don't think we I need to see. going on around yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. There was also a video that was um, just out, and unfortunately I don't have it here for the show. Um, but somebody, uh, I think it was, oh, we talked about this on the show, was somebody had gotten one of the... Um, autopilot computers off a crash model x off of ebay and they were able to pull data off of it anyways the visualization system now is able to detect what looks like um is it street lines street signs street lights something like that so anyways you know early days on that um of course that is uh, a given they're going to have to recognize it for full self-driving but it's nice to see that there's still some progress being made and we're actually starting to see some of the results of this um you know it's funny you guys noticed uh oh sorry have you noticed with merging that the if you're an autopilot and it merges, which it does really well now, the outside lane line starts to get really wavy until it kind of comes into where you're in the one new lane. It's kind of cool. It matches up with the video that you shared, Trev, where it shows exactly like you said. I think it's the smoothing that's not there yet. It's it's happening in real time that it's detecting that edge of the new lane line. So I think you're spot on. We're, we're going to get some smoothing and it's going to be tighter but it's actually neat to see how the camera is picking it up as you go. Yeah, it seems to be detecting the lines on the roads a lot smoother now. Like it's displaying them much smoother. It used to be quite jerky. It's it's much, much smoother now. It seems to see down the road a little bit further. I have had... Now, what you see, the video that I put out was actually my second attempt because the first attempt I had... Well, I had some technical issues, but one of them... And I, you know, I should have left it in somehow. I don't know. But... I was trying to do a, a lane change, and, and the car there was a car in my blind spot, and I was trying to show it where it was showing the red lines, and it started to move over, and then thought twice about it, and it jerked me back in the other lane. I was like, whoa. <laughs> so, yeah, it was yeah, it's not trying to kill you, but it was just like, whoa, the car <laughs> kind of made like a little error in judgment. Have you tried it on on-off, uh, on-ramps and off-ramps? Because I seem to have lost all capabilities of doing off-ramps now. Uh, mine, mine still takes the off ramp uh, if I get it over there. But it, 
it slows down too quickly for me, so I usually just turn off autopilot at that point. Yeah, I've I've tried it on an on ramp, and I've set it, and it takes the on ramp just fine, um, but it's too slow for my liking. I mean, it takes forever to accelerate in the acceleration lane. I feel like one of those people are like, "This is an acceleration! Like, please move, get out of the way." Um, but I have tried it on the road where I tried to take an exit, and and if there's two lanes that are exiting, if I'm in the left hand lane, and and I have it on autopilot, and I have a destination in such a way that it takes me in the off-ramp, it, it sees that line, and it refuses to take it. It just it stays back in the line, whereas before, it would it would, it would actually go in. It, it works if I'm in the right-hand lane all the way over, and it has that, that line to follow, and it keeps going. Somehow, I think, I don't know if it's related to the last-minute pulling of the on-ramp, off-ramp function that's supposed to have been coming in version 9. Um, Elon had said that they wanted to do some more validation testing on it, so they pulled it at the last minute. I'm kind of chalking it up to some of that, you know, being last minute, but, uh, you know, looking forward to, to seeing that reintroduced. But f for the time being, you know, it is what it is. Ian, you're pretty quiet. <laughs> I am. You've no, been you driving a lot more than probably some of us, so. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, I, I've mine's got some, some mileage on it. I'm probably at around 2,500 kilometers so far in the first couple of weeks. So what's that, around 1,500 miles? Yeah, something um, like that. And uh, the only thing I would add to everything that you guys have pointed out is overall the lane changes are way smoother. Oh, yeah. I mean, the big thing I noticed is you had to commit. You had to have your hand on the turn signal until it was in the lane firmly way over the line and like almost parked up against, you know, the edge of the new lane. And if you let go at any point, it would wham, it would jam you back into your old lane. It's like, okay, abort, abort, abort. And it doesn't do that anymore. Like as soon as you crossed over the dotted line, poof, it just keeps smooth. And the other thing that I love, which is a super OCD thing, and I don't have many of those, but it would hang on to the turn signal forever. Like you'd move into the lane, you'd you'd let go, and it'd be like tick tock tick tock tick. No, we're here. We're here now. It's okay. You, you can stop signaling. Tick tock tick. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, I'm like enough already. And now it's like the second you lay off, poof, it just so the whole experience is is a lot smoother. Fine Lab has a line of protective coatings that were engineered to protect your Tesla's paint, leather, carpet, plastic, and wheels, effectively blocking all those UV rays and environmental factors before they ever get to ruin your brand new baby. Fine Lab offers a complete line of car care products and ceramic coatings for both the do-it-yourselfer and professional detailers. Did we mention we also have the world's first self-healing coating? Check us out at finelab.com, that's spelled F-E-Y-N-L-A-B, to see the science behind the self-healing. Check out our product catalog and click contact us for a free quote from a certified installer in your area. Fine Lab and Tesla. We were meant for each other. I had one of those phantom stops last night. I was coming home. It was late at night. Uh, and I was on the highway. There's nothing around. There over, no overpasses, nothing. And all of a sudden, the car just slammed on the brakes. Ooh. Yeah. So that woke us up, let me tell you. <laughs> I, the, that was about the third time that's ever happened to me. That super early VIN car I rented in uh, in San Francisco did that frequently when we were on I-80 going to the Gigafactory and back. Like it seemed to hate the combination of um, of an uphill section with an overpass. It really didn't like those. It would dive for the brakes frequently, and mine almost never does that. Uh, there's a section of Highway uh, 40 here that's under construction, so there's like there's barriers right up to the edge of the uh, the shoulder line. And it did that to me. It had a truck tight in on one side, the barrier coming on the other, and it just kind of freaked a little, like, eh, and it nailed the brakes. Yeah, so That's the, one of the only times it's ever done that. Other than that, it's been super smooth. I've, I've had, I think, maybe one phantom event the whole time with the car. Hmm. Okay. You're living on the edge using it in a tight tight lane with construction on one side. <laughs> that's Quebec, my friend. If I, did, if I didn't avoid, you know, 
Other than that, I never, never get to use it. <laughs> exactly. There are two seasons in sure. Quebec. It's called summer and construction. <laughs> oh, uh, we forgot to mention that autopilot works on city streets now. Yes. Off the highway. Yeah. I, you know, I don't like, I haven't had a chance to verify that because I really don't use it inside the city. I mean, trying to relegate because, you know, when you're doing YouTube videos and if you don't use it on the highway, of course, all the commenters come in and they just tear you a new one. So. <laughs> You have to be careful about what you show sometimes. <laughs> I, I actually demoed that tonight for a friend of mine oh, yeah. on our main street. You know that long street drive that takes you to the very end where the building is? Yes. And there's um, a fairly good, like about a 30-degree left-hand bend. It's got a right-hand junction in the middle of it. Mm -hmm. and so I was in the right-hand lane. So And it's a, it's, it's a four-lane road, so two lanes either side. So it's following the dotted line. I'm, I'm in the right-hand lane. And I put on the autopilot to demo him, and I'm like, hmm, I've never actually tried it here. Let's see what it does. So, of course, the right-hand line for the, the bicycle path on the right disappears for this road coming in on the right, and it's right in the middle of the corner, and the car decides, I'm just going to keep going straight. So now it's going basically for the sidewalk, <laughs> you know, like, which would be the merge point on the other side of the road. And it's like, ah, okay, we better, we better take it the other way. And then all of a sudden, you know, like, Bitching Betty comes up, eh, eh, warning, pull up, pull up, you know, like, yeah. whoa. Okay, what your passenger no, think? Gonna, He's like, well, that that's not very good. <laughs> okay, yeah, setting a bad impression right off the bat. Way to go. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, no, no. That's okay. My, it, it's it's my buddy Mike. He he loves the car. You took him for a ride in the X, actually. Yes, I remember Mike. Yeah, that's that's him. Yeah, so he he gets it. It was just that was a real torture test. I said, let's see what it's going to do. It's like, yeah, no, I just like this. <laughs> but I mean, I was setting it up to fail. That's like clearly a situation that you know even in if you didn't know the area too well and it was a really rainy night with bad visibility even as a driver you'd have a hard time deciding well should i be mm -hmm. going right or going left here yeah well it, it's just really showing that uh you know autopilot's making a lot of improvements and uh, this one's a big one i mean this is the third one that i've seen this year where the improvement has just been incredible so um yeah it's looking uh looking even more promising um Let's talk about some other stuff in version 9. Um, who's had a chance to play with the video games? A, 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 me, a me, Tesla. Me. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You know, I failed miserably at my first few attempts. But, uh, yeah, it's kind of fun. I mean, it's kind of a neat little thing to show people. Uh, have you guys, you know, actually spent any any time in it? Any high scores, anything like that? That, that was the very first thing I did when I got V9. It was like <laughs> literally, it was like 5 a.m. I'm getting the alert, you know, like there's, you know, update available. Of course, run down in the house coat like an idiot outside, you know, flick on all lights, jump into the car and, you know, wait for it to, to finish uploading. And uh, yeah, I was I was doing asteroids. I was doing lunar lander. I'm a lunar lander ace now. Oh, I, I think love I'm, lunar lander. I'm better. I sucked as yeah. a kid at that game. <laughs> it was terrible. <laughs> now all of a sudden I'm acing it. Yeah. But yeah. It's so much fun. I'm a little disappointed we didn't see pole position. He did mention pole position at one point. I mean, yeah, they can add it in the future. That was the one I was kind of looking forward to. The one I have the most trouble with is Missile Command. I'm not getting any sound at all. Does you guys have sound in Missile, Missile Command at all? Yeah, I've got yeah. sound, but I'm not, I'm not good at that game at all. <laughs> yeah, well, neither I am I. I just, I just thought it was interesting that I couldn't get sound for the life of me. Well, you want to hear a funny one, just talking about media player errors and weirdnesses. When I demonstrated the uh, the games to Mike uh, this evening, um, the we didn't have sound for Lunar Lander because all of a sudden the media player kicked in and it was playing music. Oh, weird. Yeah. Weird. And that was probably because my US, my, I don't you guys must have had this where it, it tries to uh, re-index the USB key. Oh, yes. Huge amount of files. So I think it finally woke up and said, oh. Oh, that's it. I've got it. Let's go. Let's go back to the song you were playing. It just banged in there. Don't make a mistake like I did and buy 256 gigabyte 
USB key, put my whole iTunes library on it, thinking, I'm going to be that guy. I'm going to have all my music with me. You stick it into the Model X with a first-generation MCU, and it indexes for literally over 10 minutes every time I got in the car. So, yeah, that was, uh, yeah. See ya. <laughs> Not going to happen again. <laughs> I'll use my phone. Thank you very much. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Well, speaking of which, well, if we're done with the video games, let's move on to the next part because it kind of ties in with the USB thing we've been talking about, dash cam. Now, uh, there's been a lot of noise made about this dash cam feature in the Model 3, and I have uh, <laughs> did my part and did uh, several videos of testing it um, and comparing it against my uh, Blackview 650 that I had before. I've just upgraded to the new 900S, which is a 4K. And... Uh, you know what? I'm just going to put my opinion out there. I'm I'm glad that Tesla has done this. However, um, as a first version, oh, it's it's really lacking. Now I knew, it just I had this gut feeling that right from the beginning that the dash cam function in the car was going to be very subpar, and I just felt like, you know, a lot of people are going to be waiting for this thing. They they haven't been buying dash cams in the hopes that Tesla's implementation implementation was going to be good or better. And I was always like, man, you've never seen OEM stuff before. It's pretty bad. And you know, after testing it, uh, yeah, I'm glad I have a black view. Let's just put it that way. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm I'm glad that Tesla's put it in. There's lots of room for for improvement, but there are several things that bother me about it. Now, uh, someone here uh, had sent me a clip. I'll play it here. There's no sound, of course. There's nothing uh, of interest on here. But this is coming from a Model 3. Now, I've tested it on my Model X, and one thing that I noticed, and we'll talk about some of the specs on this for, for people who don't know. Um, on my Model X, it would drop frames every time it writes a file. Now, let's just talk about it. It, it uses... Okay, so you need a USB key that's at least 2 gigabytes in size because it only saves one hour of video. Each one of the clips is one minute long. The clips are about 29.9 megabytes, call it 30. The resolution is 1280 by 960, so it's a 4 by 3 aspect ratio. It's not widescreen. Um, there's some color filtering going on. So I think the filtering is really for autopilot detection, not really for the test, uh, for the you know for the dash cam function. So on my Model X, it would consistently drop about three frames, or not three frames, three seconds from every clip that it would save. Now, I'm chalking it up to the first-generation MCU that I have in my car, just not being fast enough to be able to write onto the USB key. I've tried several different USB keys. doesn't seem to make any difference, the size, USB 2, USB 3. doesn't make any difference. I'm consistently getting... Uh, dropped frames, which in my opinion, um, if this is going to be a critical safety thing, I think that's unacceptable. Um, my Blackview doesn't do that. Now, it's less of a problem on the Model 3, and I'm going to chalk that up to being a faster MCU in the car. It has the new Intel uh, chipset in it, so it seems to be... Now, it's still dropping frames, but it's not, um, you know, three seconds. It's probably two or three frames, so I'm going to call that a little bit more acceptable. Um, let's see here. What else? No cloud features, so you cannot access the uh, video from over the cloud. It has to be, you know, you got to pull it from the USB key. The release notes don't make it very clear that unless you're very careful, and Michael, I'll let you speak on this. Uh, <laughs> let, let's just stop the video here. I think we've seen enough of this. Let's just... I was really enjoying that. That's a pretty little... <laughs> it was peaceful. Yeah, well, let's get <laughs> in on that? this. Michael, I, I want you to chime in on this thing because you've done, right. you've done, you've done quite a bit of testing on this thing and tell me your thoughts as far as the model 3 is concerned uh with this and the user interface thing specifically tapping the icon because there's some stuff in there that people don't know 
and uh, there's been a lot of reports on the on on the forum from corruption and so on and so forth. So take it away, Mike, and you know tell people about your observations. Sure. And, and before I answer exactly what you want me to answer, I'll say I'm the opposite of Trev. I've never had a dash cam before, so this was kind of my introduction into dash cams. I like it. Um, but I put a video on Twitter about a person who cut me off just kind of for I saw fun. That. like, oh, look, <laughs> I've got this video. If I wanted to do something with that video, I noticed I couldn't even make out the license plate of the car that was literally right in front of me. So yeah, the camera is going to be good if there's a bad accident and you want to kind of show what happened. But if you need perfect, like I'm going to use this in court type evidence, yeah, I probably want to get in on the black view. Um, but as Trev was mentioning, so a lot of corruption. I've got a 64 gig card. Um, you know, formatted properly, everything's fine. Notice that each next day I'd get in the car, instead of having that red recording circle, I'd have a gray X. And there's a lot of tweets and a lot of posts on the forum about it. Yep. Take out the card, bring it back inside. You could either repair it or reformat it. It takes two seconds, so I would just reformat it, put it back in, it's working. And then again, the next day, or maybe even the next drive, it would happen again. What I didn't know, and I saw this on the forum, so I tweeted about it, is um, before you get out of the car, Hold the dash cam icon for about three seconds. You'll see it flash under your finger. Let go. And instead of having a red dot, you'll have a gray dot, and that puts it on pause. Oh, All I can tell you, after two days, I haven't had corruption again. So uh, I don't, you know, not a long enough test case. I wish we had a couple more days before recording this uh, to say for sure. But two days without corruption feels a lot better than after every single drive. So I think that might help. I'm positive Tesla's going to have a fix when the car powers down find an elegant way to stop writing to it because there must be something funky happening right when the car basically yeah, turns I, off and you close your door. I, I agree. I agree 100%. Yeah, they have to fix this because, you know, you can't be, you know, on the technical support line with people telling them how to reformat their bloody USB key every day. I mean, it just doesn't make sense. So, yeah, I'm going to chalk it up to, uh, you know, early days and bugs. The other thing, too, we have to make a point is that um, the Tesla dash cam does not have a parking mode feature. Now, it's not to say that it won't record for a little while, but it won't do the overnight thing. Like on my um, on my dash or my uh, Blackview that I have, um, mine has a cloud-based feature in it. So when I come home, it automatically hops onto my Wi-Fi, and I can access the videos from my phone anywhere in, uh, that I have Wi-Fi access. Um, so and it records 24/7 all the time. So I have a I think it's a 64 gig card in there. So I get about two days out of the deal. And even that, that's at 9K at full resolution, so it's pretty good. And it's two, and it's two channel, so I got a camera in the back and a camera in the front. Um, speak, oh, oh you speaking, just of, me. speaking of oh, which, and I know where you're going with this. Um, <laughs> if you look at the file names on the uh, Tesla dash cam, it always labels them as front. So that leads right. us to believe that we, we, we may see we may see a rear camera. Um, so I would later. take your recommendation of a two gig USB card and multiply it by eight. Yes, if we think. We're going to get recordings from all eight, have at least a 16 gig card in there. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100% on that. So like I said, early days, a lot of this stuff can be fixed through software. I think in a lot of ways it was, it, it feels like the implementation, implementation was rushed in order to get it into uh, version 9. But, you know, they'll fix this stuff as they go. But at least it's a good start. I just wish that they had done a little bit more testing in my opinion. So having said that, now Ian, have you played with it at all? Have you, have you thrown a USB key in? No, I was very lazy on this one. Um, I, I haven't bothered. Uh, I mean, I've got I've got a 32 gig uh, unit in there right now for all my music, but I've got to take it out and create the folder for it. Mm. I'll, I'll goof around with it at some Speaking point. Speaking of which, since we have this opportunity <clears throat> to talk about the dash cam situation and how you go about getting this done, because 
man, I've been spending so much time on Twitter and the forum uh, and just privately. Everybody's asking me, how do you get the dash cam to, to work? So here's the deal. The USB key needs to be formatted as FAT32. So you can do that on a Mac or Windows. But the keys, when you buy them from the store, are already formatted that way. So there's really nothing for you to do. But if you have an old one, you got to format it as FAT32. The second thing you need to do is you need to create a folder at the top level of the of the, of the the USB key. And you have to call it Tesla Cam. One word, no spaces, capital T, capital C. Okay? If you name it anything else, it, the system doesn't know where to write the files. So if you haven't got your dash cam to work, that's what you need to do. Folder at the top level, Tesla Cam, capital C, capital T, capital C, no spaces. Um, <laughs> the other thing you cannot do is put music on the, on the drive on the same level. Don't do that. I did some testing where I was able to take a USB key and I formatted it, uh, two partitions. So one of them I just called it music, and the other one was Tesla Cam with the folder um, at the top level, and I was able to put some music on one partition and have the camera record on the other. I don't recommend that on a regular basis, but for those of you who are a little bit, um, uh, you know, hard up on space, or maybe you have a, <clears throat> a Nomad <laughs> or a Jetta wireless charging pad, and maybe you don't have a USB splitter, because that's the other thing too, eh, Michael? You, you, you know, if you're going to do yeah. all these kind of things, you need some kind of splitter, because especially on the Nomad pad, it, it needs to use both cables to charge that internal battery. So, of course... Really you, important point on that uh, for everyone out there who doesn't have something like a nomad pad or a jetta pad if you get one of the splitters you'll find that most of them i did a video on this also the splitter that i gave in my video one side's power only one side is power and data correct you need the power and data for the usb card obviously but on the other side power alone won't charge something like an iphone directly you need data as well to charge an iphone through a hardwire so it'll work to charge your your chi pad for wireless charging but on a hardwire, that solution will not charge your phone directly. Mm -hmm. So make sure you guys know about that. Yeah, good points. So speaking of which, and I'm going to put a little bit of a plug on on something that's that's going to be happening here. <sighs> Starting on October 22nd, we've been able to arrange something with the Dashcam store through our forum. We're having another Dashcam group buy. We did this, uh, was it last year? Early last year. Hugely successful. And uh, I figured, you know what? I had a feeling that some people might be a little bit um, upset with the dash cam functionality. Maybe people wanted something a little better quality. So I reached out to the folks and I said, um, I'm interested in upgrading. And they said, hey, uh, you know, why don't we do another uh, dash cam group buy? And I said, sure. So starting October 22nd on our forum, you have to be a, a forum member um, because, uh, you know, we have a post up right now. This is this is what the, uh, the graphic looks like right now. We will have... Um, discount codes available on the site starting on October 22nd. It is a 20% discount on the Blackview 750S single or dual channel or the 4K model, which is the 900S uh, single or dual channel model. So um, if you're interested in getting this, maybe you're upset with the Tesla one, you want something a little better, whatever, now's your opportunity to be able to get one. It runs for a week, so it'll run from October 22nd to the 29th. We will have a discount code in the forum. I'll put a link in the, via, uh, in the podcast description. Um, so you know where to go look for that, but you have to be a member of the forum to be able to get the code. So just look for that if you're interested in something that's a little better than the Tesla one. So that's my little plug for, for the dash cam guys. Ah, what else on version nine? Let me see here. We covered the dash cam, the Atari games. Hmm. Well, my, my favorite feature that I asked Elon for, he delivered the calendar. Yeah. I, I love getting <laughs> in my car every morning, seeing a calendar and being able to tap on a phone call for a conference call, phone number or an address to, uh, to navigate somewhere, but I, I just love that quick two second. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
reminder of my calendar. I think it's really nice to... Yeah. The other thing not not to forget, too, is make sure you update the uh, app on your phone. It must be version 3.6 because what they've introduced mm-hmm. now is the ability to share addresses from your phone straight yeah. into your car, which is awesome. So you can literally go onto uh, Google Maps or Apple Maps on your phone, whatever it is, find an address, tap share, and you have to enable it. Um, and if you haven't done that yet, you have to go into iOS and enable the... Um, the sharing function, but you'll see the Tesla logo. So if you tap on that um, and you have version 9 on your car, that address will be directly sent to your car. It's automatically entered into your navigation system. So when you get in the car, like that address is already there ready for you. I had to train my wife because there's many times she says, oh, come pick me up at such and such a place. And I'm just like, no, no, look, you got the Apple app, you got the the Tesla app on your phone. (laughs) Just Send me the address, and then that I don't, cool. you don't have to call me, whatever. So, yeah, that's uh, we've done that a couple of times. That already uh, works. I love that feature. Um, starting to use that a lot more. Um, you guys on the Model 3 obviously now finally get uh, a web browser. Um, it does not work when which, you're off of Wi-Fi. Which is, which is, which is still pretty crappy. <laughs> At least it's <laughs> faster than what I have in my car, but it's still... I mean, I've had other people say, well, pop-up menus don't work, and I can't tweet off of there. I'm like, why are you tweeting from a car? Use your phone. Uh, whatever, <laughs> people. Um, energy graphs are finally there, too. Uh, a lot of people have been asking me about how to read that. Well, I'm like, well, it's pretty obvious. It's mountains up and down. Negative is good. Up is bad. <laughs> um, for those of and you who are asking... the trip is nice as well. Yeah, I was, I was just about to mention that. So if you do have a, a destination entered into your navigation system, you, tap, you press the second tab in the energy graph called trip. And what you'll see is you'll get this line... Um, that estimates what your SOC or your state of charge will be when you get to your destination. And, of course, that will change in real time as you drive. So if you're going down a mountain, whatever, that line may go up. Sometimes it may go down. So it's um, it can be hap- uh, uh, handy for the times, let's say, in the colder months, and I have used this in the colder months, when I'm going on a trip and I got a destination um, typed in and you're playing well with the HVAC and you're not too sure how fast you're going and so on and so forth. So it gives you a real life um um, estimate on uh, on your on your progression as you go, so you can make educated choices to whether you should slow down. Uh, I mean, yeah, the car will tell you eventually. You know, to reach your destination, keep your speed under such and such. Right? I've mean, seen that a few times, but uh, it's nice to have. Finally, the energy graph is on the Model Three. Um, yeah, the phone app. Don't use it very much in my car. I'm mostly a voice command guy. Um, for those of you who want another little Easter egg, if you tap on the phone icon, it looks like the old candlestick. Press and hold it for three seconds, and it goes ahoy, ahoy. Which is, you know, Ooh, Alexander know Graham Bell would be very happy to see that. <laughs> Tap it again to revert it if you get sick of that. Um, let me see here. What else is? Uh, what else did they add? I can't think of anything else. I'm missing the, something. Uh, the media controls from the app. I don't know if you guys have used it. It's mostly useless. I don't, I don't, I don't have that on mine. Somebody in the back seat. Uh, oh, really? I don't have it on mine. I'm, I'm looking at it right now. Oh, it'll only come up if you're in the car and the car's on. Well, there you go. Then at that point, what am I doing with my phone changing music when I could just reach the screen? Well, I, again, I think the release notes or Elon mentioned that that was mostly for passengers, right? So get okay, back, get yeah. somebody in the back seat. Yeah. yeah, something like that. So, yeah, still can't uh, still can't plug in a phone into the back seat and send your music to the controller because it's uh, power only. But hey, whatever, it is what it is. Um, let me see here. Anything else we want to cover? I mean, this show's been going on for almost an hour now, so. Uh, yeah, overall, I think what we're looking at in version 9 is a real good step in the right direction. It really shows that uh, unification is the name of the game, especially for the rest of the fleet. Um, but still pretty buggy. They've got a lot of stuff to work out. So I would expect to see uh, some point updates here in the not-too-distant future to fix some of this stuff. 
So, you know, dash cam is okay, but, uh, you know, just be careful about how you use it. Uh, pay attention. Um, let me see here. What else? HVAC controls. One more thing on nav that I really do like. Well, first of oh, all, I do I'm have a, one more thing to say about nav too, but go ahead, Michael. I, I don't like north up. I like heading up. Me too. And whenever you would get to your destination, yeah, it would here. go to north up. So I like that they've fixed that. Although when I posted that, somebody said, but they lost the return to north up for people who like north up. So I guess they fixed it for me, broke it for other people. Um, but one thing I really like when you're navigating the, first of all, the list, obviously, of directions move to the left for Model 3, which is helpful. And it shrinks down to show you just what's upcoming. When you pull down the view, the entire list, then it zooms back out of the map. Oh, that drives me crazy. Oh, you hate that. I hate that. <laughs> but I wish we could see the percentage when we get there always. I don't want to have to pull down to see that. So that, I, I'm guessing we're going to see that. In a that is the state. main reason why I tap on that. I used to tap on all the time. And I wanted to see the directions all the time because it gave me the return. But like you said... If you if you do heading up or turn, it, it goes back. And the only time it comes up, if you want to see that stuff, it always does the zoom out thing. And I'm like, really? <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> two steps forward, one step back sometimes. Um, yeah. There was something else I was going to say. Oh, right. I was going to mention one more thing. And I, yeah, okay, so that's a bug. There's a, there is one extra feature that I really like in the map. And I don't know if you've noticed it. It might have been on the three, but it wasn't on my X. When you type in a destination and it paints the blue line on the map, um, the traffic used to be drawn in such a way, you know, when you have the traffic view on, where you get the green and you get the yellow and the red, it was always obscured by the blue. Now they've gotten rid of the green and now they show yellow and red, but they're drawn on the outsides of the roads. So you can always see it. So if you've got your blue line painted, you can always see your traffic now. And it's drawn. I didn't notice it until you tweeted it. Yeah. And then I noticed it. Yeah. You see what I'm talking about? <laughs> So yeah. now you can actually see it better. It used to be drive me crazy all the time because when you had the nav in there, and let's say you wanted to see the traffic and your nav was painted on top, you could never see it. It was all obscured. So they've made a change it now. So they actually show you the traffic independently on either sides, and it's drawn on the outside of the road rather than on the inside. So yeah. I, you know there were times when I had to pinch and zoom all the time, but now I don't have to pinch and zoom anymore, which is really cool. I like that. So why it took them so long to change that change is beyond me, but hey, it is what it is. <laughs> Okay, guys. Well, um, yeah, I think that kind of covers it for us tonight. Oh, my mouse just died. Lovely. <laughs> I, I got one last funny story uh -huh. for, uh, for our listeners um, that ends well, but it certainly didn't feel like it at the time. I was uh, heading down the highway out to our photo shoot location this morning, and uh, all of a sudden the pickup truck in front of me is throwing up some what looks like little bits of gravel or something uh -oh. like that. So I'm going to move out of the way, and then I realize it's not him. It's this giant 10-wheel dump truck in the right-hand lane. And something's pouring out the back of the oh. dumper underneath the door, and I'm like, "Oh my god!" So as soon as the truck, moved, as soon as the pickup moved out of the way, I just gunned it to get past <laughs> them. But the whole time, I was getting like machine gun pelted with whatever coming out of the back of the truck. I was like, all across the windshield. And, and that's the only like, the oh stuff god, you can oh god, feel. Oh can you imagine yeah, exactly. all the sandpaper that's all over the front of your car now? Right. So. Anyway, we we get to the, we get to our location, and I'm I'm almost afraid to look at the hood. <sighs> And I look at it, and it's like, oh, my God, there's these little white spots all over it. It's like I've just chipped the crap out of the whole front end of the car. <laughs> I was just about ready to jump into the lake. And then I get down, and I look at it really closely, and I start scratching away in it. And I realize, no, it, I'm not seeing the primer underneath. This is residue on top. I'm thinking, what the hell was he dropping that it's leaving this kind of yellowish gray residue mm -hmm. so i crawl under and then the girl from our marketing department's with our crew looks at it and says ian the, the whole front grill of your car is covered in corn I'm like, <laughs> what 
<laughs> sure enough, we crawl down, and I'll tweet this out. I'll tweet a picture out later to show you. Please this. do. But yeah, there's yeah, the whole front end where the louvered grill is underneath inside the bumper is covered in niblets. <laughs> <laughs> the thing was dropping frozen corn. Thank God. Well, at least it left, it's biodegradable, right? <laughs> it is biodegradable, exactly, uh, and it, it left no marks, no permanent marks on the paint. But what the hell, man? That was one of now, the stranger ones. So now you're going to budget for paint protection film? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that that did it. That was that was almost you know like the paint protection company should pay these guys to drive around dropping corn, wow, which I don't will obviously that. harm the car, but they'll scare the crap out of you. Yeah, that's literally my biggest fear. I avoid trucks at all costs. Like, you know, let somebody else, let the, let the guy in the Mercedes take the hit. I'm, I'm not yeah. interested. Like, I'll get around the trucks or let somebody else take the hit because the last thing you want is your baby to all scratch it up. Oh, yeah. Well, no. I'll tell you. Well, folks, that's it for the end of the show. I hope you really enjoyed it. Uh, don't forget to uh, like, share, and subscribe, no matter how, wherever you're watching, uh, whether it's on YouTube or you're listening on your favorite podcast uh, f- podcast app. Thank you very much. A little tongue-tied here tonight. I uh, want to say a big thank you to uh, our Patreon sponsors. Uh, they are the ones that make this uh, happen. And, uh, gentlemen, uh, where can people find you on the Internet if people want to talk to you? Uh, Ian, where's, uh, where's, your, where's your little place of happiness on the Internet people want to talk to you? Mostly Twitter, um, at Ian Pavelko, um, handle Mad Hungarian. Uh, you can find me there on the Model 3 Owners Club as well. If you have any wheel and tire questions, that's the best place to ask those. Uh, and I can point you to many of the different posts we have on that. So Model 3 Owners Club, you'll find me under the name Mad Hungarian once again. Uh, and just a, a quick note, I have a little bit of a special event coming up this weekend. I was invited by uh, Racin. Uh, GM Racine Chevrolet Buick in Saint Anne, sorry Saint Jean sur Richelieu here in Quebec. I'm going to be there all day Saturday with Magneto, giving folks test rides. I thought that was so progressive. These guys they're they're trying to ramp up interest in EVs, so they've invited all types of EV owners, me included, to go do demo rides there. That's this Saturday at uh, Racine che- um, Chevrolet at uh, Saint Jean sur Richelieu. Excellent. Well, look forward to that, and uh, you know, put a link in the video description if you guys want to go and check out Ian. Michael, where can people find you on the internet? They want to check you out and talk about Tesla Tunity. <laughs> well, before I tell you where you could find me, I want to say a big thank you to Trevor. Uh, for those of you who are on the forum, obviously you noticed the big upgrade. Great new software. It's uh, it's amazing. And I don't think anyone can really appreciate how much work you put in last weekend uh, behind the scenes to make it all happen. Well, so I appreciate yeah, kudos for that, man. It's really good. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yes, it was a lot of work and it took me all weekend. But uh, yeah, I finally got it done. It's been a long time coming. Um, you know, I have a saying, software is not like wine, doesn't get better sitting on the shelf. So <laughs> got to keep it improving and, uh, you know, it just uh, puts us in a good position. So yes, again, where can people find you? Ah, yes. So you can find me on the forum, Sofa Model 3. Um, and then you could also find me out on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter under the name Tesla Tunity. Excellent. Well, that's it for the show. I want to say a big thanks to all of our sponsors. That's uh, Fine Lab, Dualaband Insurance, and Evanex. Great sponsors. Check them out. Good businesses if you want to check out all those different products. You can find me on the internet. My Twitter handle is Model3Owners. Check out the forum at Model3OwnersClub.com. And uh, again, once again, a big thank you to our Patreon sponsors, the folks that really uh, produce this thing. If you'd like to be a Patreon, you can check them out at uh, Patreon.com forward slash Model3OwnersClub. That's it for the show, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for watching and listening. Talk to you next time. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night.